Well, this is a celebration day for Steve because he got 15 extra minutes. <laughs> he just told me, he said, I could do this every Sunday. And he could, but that would just give me 10 minutes, so that wouldn't work as good. Now, people's last words are interesting because they probably reveal something about the person. You all know the last words of a hypochondriac. I told you I was sick. You know the last words of a redneck. Hey, y'all, watch this. So last words are interesting because they reveal something. And the last words of Jesus were interesting because they also were revealing. For instance, from the cross, as he was dying, he said, it is finished. And Jesus was saying by that, I have completed my assignment. I have provided for the salvation of man. His last words to the church were also revealing because he said to the church, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So as Jesus was saying his last words to his church before ascending into heaven, he said to us, it is important to me that you take the good news, that you take the gospel into all the world. The Apostle Paul's last words came from a Roman prison as he was about to be executed. And he said, the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight, kept the faith, finished my course. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me. And so as Paul was facing death, he did so in hope. Today we're going to look at the last words of David to his son Solomon that came in the form of a charge. Take your Bibles, turn with me to First Chronicles chapter 29. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Then King David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, whom God alone has chosen, is still young and inexperienced, and the work is great. For the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now with all my ability I have provided for the house of my God the gold for the things of gold, and the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, onyx stone and inlaid stones, stones of antimony and stones of various colors and all kinds of precious stones, and alabaster in abundance. And moreover, in my delight in the house of my God, the treasure I have of gold and silver I give to the house of my God, over and above all that I have already provided for the holy temple, namely 3,000 talents of gold of the gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the building, of gold for the things of gold and of silver for the things of silver, that is for all the work done by the craftsmen, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord. Then the rulers of the fathers' households and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the commanders of thousands and of hundreds with the overseers over the king's word offered willingly. And for the service for the house of God they gave 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold and 10,000 talents of silver and 18,000 talents of brass and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever possessed precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in care of Jael the Gershonite. 
Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly, for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart, and King David also rejoiced greatly. Rick Warren has become known because of his focus on purpose. And we understand the importance of purpose in a person's life or in a church's life. It is our purpose that determines the depth of our commitment. And so purpose is important. And as I look at this passage of Scripture and I look at the life of David, I would say at least in part that the purpose of his life was to build a temple for God. That was his heart's desire. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 17, 1, And it came about when David dwelt in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Behold, I am dwelling in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under curtains. What David was saying is, I don't feel right about living a life of splendor when there is not a proper temple for God. So that was the desire of his heart. He wanted to build a temple for God. Now, he was not allowed to do so. The scripture says in First Chronicles 28, verse number 3, But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, because you are a man of war and have shed blood. So I look at David then, and David had this desire to build a temple for God. That was the desire of his heart. But God said, David, you can't do that. He said, you are a man of bloodshed. You are a man of war. Therefore, you cannot build the temple. And though he was refused the opportunity to build the temple, it remained in his heart. That remained the purpose, the desire of his life. And that's what we see in our text. He said, even though I can't build the temple... Even though God does not allow me to build the temple. He said, I have brought together all of the material that is necessary so Solomon can build it. That was his purpose, at least in part. Folks, today is about our purpose. A promise is not a program for me. It is not a project for me. It is simple obedience for me. It is not about paying off the debt. It is not about remodeling Lindsay. It is about our basic purpose, which is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our world. It is about missions. Our church's heart has always beat for missions, church plants, giving through the cooperative program, supplementing those who want to go on short-term mission trips. The heartbeat of this church has been about missions and that's what this is about. It is about the renaissance that is taking place. And, you know, I've said to you before that I best know God's will in retrospect. I look back and see, well, you know, I see what God was doing. That, that was God's will. I see it best in retrospect. I remember when we were in the planning stages concerning this building where you are this morning. We had appointed a committee that was a master site planning committee to study what we needed to do. One of the things that I said to them is that you have to consider the possibility of us relocating because we have not done an honest study if we at least don't consider that. And so they considered it. 
The decision was made that we were going to remain downtown. And the thing that is interesting to me, intriguing to me, is at the time this church made the decision that we were going to remain downtown, everyone was leaving downtown. Businesses were closing, people were moving out, the downtown was being deserted. I remember being at a meeting with Bob Coble, our mayor, and he said if it were not for First Baptist Church and Baptist Hospital, nothing would be going on downtown. Everyone was leaving, but we believed that God wanted us to remain downtown. We've been here since 1809. This church has been here for almost 200 years, right here. And we believed that God wanted us to stay right here. So that's what we did. Now, isn't it interesting in God's timing, in God's plan, that years have gone by, we are where we are right now, and everybody wants to move downtown. Folks, there is no one better positioned to make an impact on those people than First Baptist Church. I believe in the depths of my heart that God looked into the future back then and said to us, No, sir, I want you right downtown because the people are coming back and here we are. That's what this is about for me. It, it, it's about making an impact on the lives of college students. We are within five blocks of the University of South Carolina, 27,500 students down there. We need to make an impact in their lives for Jesus Christ. For me, it is about children. I, I have said numerous times recently, and I believe it more and more, we are going to reach the children for Jesus or the world is going to reach them. Linda and I turned on the television last night and we saw some program and there was uh, these teenage teenagers and a boy and a girl had brutally killed their friend, another girl, dismembered her, and so forth. And Linda said, how in the world can those things happen? And I really believe that a lot of what we are seeing today is demonic. I really believe that. I believe that all that we are seeing concerning drugs is demonic. I believe that all that we are seeing concerning pornography and the impact that it's having on lives is demonic. I just really believe that there is a major spiritual battle that is going on in the hearts of children and, and the young people today. And it is so critically important that we do all that we can, that we pull out all the stops, that we, that we expend ourselves, that we give all of our energy, that we do everything necessary to reach them for Christ. And to me, that's what it's about. It is not about a building pro program. It is not about a debt program. It is about impacting people's lives with the gospel of Jesus. And that's what it's about. Our purpose determines our commitment. And if you see our purpose is just existing to pay off debt, that may or may not excite you. If you see our purpose is remodeling an old building, that may or may not excite you. I'll be very candid with you, neither one of them excite me. But the idea of making an impact in people's lives for Jesus does. And that's what this is about. That is our purpose. It is about sharing Jesus Christ. 
Now, we have a purpose, but there also has to be preparation. You see, I can have a desire to lose weight, but I won't lose one pound with just a desire. And we can have a desire, but the desire alone will not get the job done. There has to be preparation, and David prepared. Look at verse 2. Now, with all my ability, I have provided for the house of my God the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and so forth. David said, with all of my ability, I have provided. Matthew Henry wrote, work for God must be done with all our might, or we shall bring nothing to pass in it. David said, with all my ability, I have provided. In today's dollars, what he provided would be about $2 billion. He was serious about this. That was his purpose. I want to build a temple that honors God. And he said, with all my ability, I have provided. He prepared. We have been preparing for this day for months now. There has been prayer and fasting. There have been prayer walks, special times set aside for prayer. There have been numerous meetings sharing the information as to what we are doing, what this is all about. We have the plan, a three-year plan for giving. We've prepared. Our purpose is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have planned for that. But now it's time for participation. As I look at this scripture, the nation was involved in the project. David was. Look at verse number 3. And moreover, in my delight in the house of my God, the treasure I have of gold and silver, I give to the house of my God over and above all that I have already provided for the holy temple. David said, it's my delight. He was not giving it as a matter of penitence. He was not giving, as did the Pharisees, to call attention to himself. But he said, it is my delight to do so. The leaders gave, verse 6, Then the rulers of the fathers' households and the princes of the tribe of Israel and the commanders of thousands and of hundreds with the overseers over the king's work offered willingly. So David gave, the leaders gave, the people gave. In verse number 9, Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly. In today's dollars, the people gave about $4 billion to building the temple. Today is time for our participation. Linda and I have, um, and I'm not asking you to do something that we have not done, and we have gone through the same process that you have. Linda and I have struggled with it. We have sought the Lord. We made our commitment. In fact, I'll, I'll Last night, I was thinking about today, and I was thinking about you and your turning in your pledge cards and all of that. And then I was thinking about the first fruits offering, and I've been saying, let's give the biggest offering we've ever given. Don't tell anybody this because I am a pastor, and these, you think these things ought not happen, but I had a hesitation. I'm thinking about that, and I thought, oh. I'm, I'm going to go in there and tell them, you know, we need to give a big offering the best we can and so forth. And so I'm thinking last night and I thought, I don't know if I really want to do that. 
And I thought, maybe I can just give half of it and act like it was good. Because Linda and I had already talked about it. And I'm sorry, I'm confessing, you know, my weakness, but that's just the truth. So I'm struggling with it. And so I thought, I'm going to go back and read this passage of Scripture again. And I went back in and I began to read this again and I read through there. And, and then I began to, to see again and I began to rehearse all that God had done in my life. How good God has been to me. How very good. And I said, Lord, I delight to give. I am thrilled and honored and blessed that you let me give. You have blessed me so much. You have given so much to me beyond anything I would ever have dreamed. Lord, it's my delight to give. Our leaders have made their commitment. And they have pledged 2.9 million plus, 2.9 million dollars. Isn't that good? I mean, our leaders come up and they say, yes, sir, we're going to do this because we want to share the gospel of Jesus. And they have pledged $2.9 million. And now it's, it's, it's the church's turn. We have come to a time of participation. We're passionate about our giving because of what we believe. And we believe, first of all, that everything belongs to God in verse number 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, thine is the dominion, O Lord, and thou dost exalt thyself as head over all. What David said is that God created it and God owns it all. It's all his. In Genesis chapter 14, verse 22, And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. The Bible says that it all belongs to God. I have to be reminded of that oftentimes. Wendell, it isn't yours. It's God's. It all belongs to Him. So we can be passionate in our giving because it's all His. And then the Bible says that He gives to us that that is His, so we can give back to Him that that is His. Look at verse number 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from Thee, and from Thy hand we have given Thee. He says the same thing in verse number 16. David said, Lord, it's all Yours. And you have given what is yours to us, so we can give what is yours back to you. And David mentions three wonderful attributes of the Lord in this passage. In verse number 10, he says, God is faithful. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. He said, Lord, you are faithful from everlasting to everlasting. You were faithful to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was faithful to David and Israel. Has he not been faithful to you? This means yes. This means, has he been faithful to you? I mean, do you, do you reflect on how faithful God has been to you? I mean, how many times have there been in your life when you thought, Lord, I'm not going to be able to make it this time? 
Lord, I'm not going to get through this. And here you are today. Why? Because God is faithful. God is faithful. And so he says God is faithful. In verse number 11, he says that God is sovereign. He is Lord over all. In verse number 12, he says that God is benevolent. Everything came from him. Folks, do you realize this morning that you got up and put on his clothes? And you drove his car down here? And you came to his church? And when you leave here, you're going to go home and eat his food? It's all his. Everything belongs to God, and he is so benevolent. Therefore, we give with an attitude of humility. Look at verse 17. Since I know, O oh my God, that thou triest the heart and delightest in uprightness, I in the integrity of my heart have willingly offered all these things. So now with joy I have seen thy pe people who are present here make their offerings willingly to thee. Out of humility we give generously because it's all his. I have nothing. It is all his and I give generously. I've been taught in my Christian life that you hold everything with a loose hand. When we hold on too tightly, we always get in trouble. We hold things with a loose hand. Out of humility, we give generously. We give with integrity. Unlike the Pharisees, we, we don't give to receive praise from man, but praise from God. We give out of obedience in verse number 19. And give to me, my son Solomon, a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, thy statutes, to do them all to build the temple for which I have made provision. You see, we don't give to purchase uh, favor from God. We do so out of obedience. The Lord has said, I desire obedience. We give out of obedience. We give with persistence. This is a three-year program. We're making a three-year commitment. And it is over and above our regular tithes and offerings. So we give with persistence. But I look at this too. It's a wonderful story, wonderful passage of Scripture that I see that giving is an act of worship. They praise the Lord in verse number 20. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed low and did homage to the Lord and to the king. So here they are. They praise the Lord. That's what Steve was talking about earlier. When he said, I just, I just sense the presence of God. They praise the Lord. God inhabits the praises of his people. So the Bible says that they praised the Lord, and then they made their offering in verse number 21. And on the next day they made sacrifice to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord, a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs for their libations and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. So they praised the Lord, and then they made their offerings. Their praise was not a substitute for offering, but they praised the Lord, and then it was the offering. And then they celebrated, verse number 22. So they ate and drank that day before the Lord with great gladness. With great gladness. Praise, commitment, gladness. Folks, if you want, and this is, I've been praying about this. I've said, Lord, I've, I've, I've asked the Lord that this is a way that you are deep in, in your walk with God. That you trust the Lord in this area. And you learn that you can trust God. Praise Him. He is worthy. We make our commitment and then celebrate. Well, it's time for our commitment.
We have been blessed uniquely. But with blessing comes responsibility. We have been blessed with a wonderful heritage and history. Almost 200 years we have been here. Of the 400,000 plus churches in the United States, less than 5% of those churches touch more lives on a weekly basis than does this church. And now the Lord has given us an opportunity, I think, to do even more in the years to come. And we must seize the opportunity. We have been blessed, but it comes with responsibility. You are necessary. No one person can do this alone. You are necessary. No gift is too large. No gift is too small. It is a matter of the heart. What does God want you to do? What is he saying to you? What is a sacrifice for you? We cannot give equal amounts, but we can give equally in sacrifice. Now I'm going to ask that everyone take a card. And if you forgot yours, forgot to bring yours, there should be one in the pew in front of you. So everybody just take one. I I, I don't have one up here. Uh, I've already filled mine out and turned it in. Hand me one there so I can have it. Would you add right behind you? Because I want everybody to take one. Just have it in your hand just to humor me if for no other reason. Thank you. All right. I got the e-giving thing there. I don't know how to do that. But if you do, that's, it's on there, I see. And uh, my pledge for the capital campaign fund in 2007, 2008, 2009 of total, you can give weekly, monthly, annually. Some people have asked me, said, well, you know, I'm not sure because I'm in business for myself. I'm not sure. Well, that's what you've been praying about. Just put, see what the Lord tells you to do. I don't know that. That's something that you have to do. But be faithful to God. What God put, tells you to do, that's what you do. Because this is a matter between you and God. So let's all fill that out and then print your name down there and so forth. And so um, I want you to understand, though, that we have an opportunity to do that that is unimaginable. We have the opportunity to do something that maybe it's never been done here before. And from the example that has been set by our leadership, I really believe that's... Uh, that's uh, I believe it's going to happen. What is sacrifice for you? That's leaders of Oregon. Now you fill out your card. Our gracious Father, I know that you have been speaking to your people about what you want. And, and Lord, I pray that this offering, this commitment might be a commitment of faith. Lord, that it might be a delight, that we might, we might just delight in the privilege, the opportunity that we have to give to you, to trust you. And Lord, this is a reminder to us also that, that our security is not in the stock market, it's not in the business, it's not in the government, but our security is in you. And this is a testament of that. So, Lord, I pray that you'll bless these, your people, 
In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's always interesting to me, and it's a reminder to me, that no matter what you preach about, it is the Holy Spirit who quickens and gives life. I've preached before on stewardship and had people leaving tell me that uh, their marriage was helped. I've had people get saved, come to know Jesus, make a commitment of their life when you preached on tithing, which was always a reminder to me that it has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with the Holy Spirit who applies the Word of God to people's lives. And perhaps today the decision that you need to make is to commit your life to Christ or even after this today, you say, you know, I'd like to be a part of that church. I want my life to be there. We want to take the opportunity to extend an invitation for you to respond to God. And uh, so I'm going to ask that you stand with me, please, as we stand together. The choir will sing two verses. You be obedient to the Lord. If God has spoken to your heart, you need to make a decision. You make it. I'll greet you.